What's up, everybody? Welcome to Building Our Power. This is Gabby. And Katie. And we're back with another episode. Thank you guys for checking out our last one entitled Community Gardens Are Bad. It got a lot of um, engagement, I'd like to say. And it got a lot of good conversations going on on Twitter. So uh, thank you all for that. And we hope you learned something. Uh, also, guys, before we get into our episode, remember we are uh, doing the work in our community in stocking our local community fridge in Binghamton. If you would like to uh, help us contribute to that fridge, um, you can donate via the PayPal link that will be in the description of this episode. Thank you very much. And uh, that's pretty much it. Let's get into it. So, KT, what are we going to be talking about today? Yeah, so this week we're going to be talking about redistribution of wealth and robbing the rich of all of their monies uh as you guys know uh there was some discourse on twitter after the met gala uh where someone said that alc's income was like a hundred thousand dollars plus at that point people started having a conversation between whether or not a hundred thousand dollars was a big deal essentially a lot of people were saying oh well it's, it's not that much And then a lot of other people were saying, actually, no, that's the rich. So what we kind of want to talk about is how we need to be redistributing this wealth and how the petty bourgeoisie even play into this. Um, Because really, that's what it comes down to is that, yeah, they may not be Jeff Bezos rich, but they're still wealthy and they still have money. So, um, yeah, Gabby, do you want to kind of like start us out with... uh, what you want to talk about in regards to that? Sure. So, so we got pushed back because I pretty much said that you know, uh, if you making a hundred k, I don't consider you working class. Um, you gonna have to redistribute that wealth, and everybody came. Well, the middle class, that's for this. The middle class ain't real. This is that. This is that. But here's my thing about it. Unlike uh, some people on uh, leftist Twitter or on communist Twitter, whatever, I don't think that Karl Marx is uh, Jesus reincarnate. <laughs> I don't believe him and Ingalls are just the most magnificent, prolific people to ever grace this earth. Them folks had an analysis. I take some of that. But there are places that they missed because they were not living the American experience in 2021. There's a difference. And just because, like, I feel like this whole thing around if you make an hourly wage, if you make a wage salary, you are not an exploiter. If you make a wage salary, you steal the working class. Like, if that is the only um, criteria in which we navigate with, with America, with all these systems of oppression, I think that we're definitely missing in something. So, um, pretty much what I was trying to say and what I'm saying now is that if you make 100K no matter where, I know I made a distinction on Twitter saying the South, this, that, and the third, but if you make 100K anywhere in America, you are well-to-do. Um, I know this because even in the places where they say that uh, 100K ain't much, like in California, New York, this, that, and the third, 
uh, the poor people there aren't making a hundred k. Uh, they're still making a minimum wage of maybe like ten, eleven, twelve dollars. So they're not even getting close to a hundred k. So if you're going to tell me that that is somehow poverty wage is a hundred k, or that's struggling paycheck to paycheck wages, then what in the heck is thirty thousand dollars in a city like that? Um, so I think that uh, a lot of the discourse on Twitter it's misinformation. Uh, and I say that because a lot of them are thinking of it in the terms of, well, I'm not a part of the 1%, so there's no way that I could be the problem, right? right. You don't need to be worried about me. I'm not the 1%. You need to be worrying about Jeff Bezos. Mm. So I kind of want to, like, define who the uh, petite or petty um, bourgeoisie is. So, uh, Wikipedia actually defines it as referring to a social class composed of semi-autonomous peasantry and small-scale merchants whose political economical ideology stance in times of social economic stability is determined by reflecting that of the high bourgeoisies with which the petty bourgeoisie seeks to identify itself, and whose bourgeoisie mortality it strives to in, in, intimidate or imitate. So what does that mean? Essentially what it means is, is you have these small business owners, you have uh, these local businesses who literally want to be the bourgeoisie and have the same exact mentality as them, Right? So what does that mean as far as what do they look like within our communities now? Because this was back in the like, you know, the 1800s that Karl Marx was talking about this. We've evolved since then. We have better analysis since then. Um, and so I, I want us to highlight what does that look like now? Now that looks like our bosses, the people who are over us, the poor working class, the people who are actually poor. $20,000 a year, never even hit $100,000 a year in our lives, and probably will never hit that in our lives. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of where I want to go with it now. And it's not its not just your bosses. It's the entrepreneurs, too. It's the yes. people uh, in the city that, you know, are the... You know, they promote that entrepreneurial system. They got a barbershop owner... They got a hair, uh, do hair, they uh, sell clothes, um, they do stuff like that. Um, they own a little local food shop, food restaurant. Uh, that's the petty bourgeoisie. And I, and I heard something on YouTube this dude was saying, we shouldn't worry about the petty bourgeoisie because eventually their demise will come. And they only employ one or two or three people. And uh, so you're saying because they only exploit two people that they are in the clear? Like, that's still exploitation. There's still people who could be making more money, but they're getting their wages taken away. Like, I don't feel like, I feel like they're making distinctions. I think the truth of the matter is they're making distinctions because these are people in their family. This is their mama, their daddy, their cousin, them. And they don't want to say how these people are a part of this exploitative system. And you know what also this reminds me of when we're talking about now, they're like, everybody, we're all the working class except for Jeff Bezos pretty much. It, it, it reminds me of 
the, another conversation in the working class with black and white people, mm-hmm. which this intersects a lot because a majority of the people that were saying they make 100K plus was white folk. Yep. Um, they'll just say we're all working class. We're all working class, black folks, white folks. Just get together. It's not the There's same. no reason to fight because we're all working class. But the thing about it is when you get out of this white-ass, Marxist, European-ass mindset and you turn this into uh, a conversation on colonialism uh, and a conversation on slavery, um, then you start to see where this little generic little analysis falls short. Um, because, um, in the colonial system, uh, the, the foot soldiers that were, uh, paid to force, uh, the African people, indigenous people, whatever to work, um, those were working class people. Uh, they didn't own the guns. They didn't own any of the means of production yet. They were a part of a system that was exploiting a class of people to work for the benefit of them. I don't think they had the same interest. I don't think that the overseers uh, back on the plantations had the same interest as the enslaved Africans. I don't think the, the, the slave catchers had the same interest as the black folks. I don't because we did not. And we're, if even if we were both being exploited, somebody else had the power to exploit another group even more. Yep. So that's where we're at now. Um, even when you want to talk about um, somebody brought up doctors. And people are like, well, doctors are wage workers. Doctors get a salary. Doctors don't own their own, um, I guess you're talking about like hospitals. Doctors don't own the hospitals. Doctors don't own the hospital beds. But uh, let's talk about this uh, black uh, maternal mortality rate. Uh, let's talk about uh, medical racism. Let's talk about uh, forced hysterectomies of of, of uh, Hispanic people. Uh, recently, black people throughout our history. Yep. These are systemic things that a working class of people were able to do upon a other class that was lower than that working class. Also, what else we got? Um, there's the medical field. There are police officers. Police officers are technically working class, but they have the power to exploit black people, poor people, everybody, because their interests are tied to this system of America. So really what I'm hearing is, just to kind of break it down, it's less about what your income is and more about the power that your job holds or that your um your place in this system holds essentially so a police officer could be making fifty thousand dollars a year but he exploits people by being a police officer Mm -hmm. police exploit people or you could be making twenty thousand dollars a year and be a police officer you're still a police officer is that real? Is that what it is? That's kind of what I'm saying. But I'm just saying that it's it's more than just working class. Like that's not a, that's not enough for me. Yeah. Because that doesn't tell me anything. Right. And we were even talking about how 100k for a black person is different than 100k for a white person. Yep. 100k for a black person, if you didn't come from money, which most of us did not, descendants of slaves. You are having to use that 100K to take care of all your family. Yep. That 100K is being distributed a lot of times 
uh, between the poor people in your family. If you're making a hundred k as a white person, odds are your family already had some level of money, so you're not having to literally carry your entire family with you and your increased salary. So there, there's just so many like it's it's so much more complicated than that, and that's what I was kind of trying to do with that conversation. Like you are not the same as me. We talked about your, the schools your kids go to are not the same. Right. You do not live in a food desert. You do not, like you said, have your uh, stuff in the store locked up on the key. You yeah. got to go find somebody to open up the thing. Like, like, I think that's something that's really important that we, whenever we do have conversations like this, that we do talk, we do actually talk about. Because think about this. If I, Gabby, even just between me and you, if I was to go over to your neighborhood... None of that stuff is locked up. Mm-hmm. Uh, socks are not locked up. Underwear are not locked up. Uh, let's see. Detergent is not locked up. Um, what else? Uh, deodorant is not locked up. But over here in my neighborhood, in the middle of the city, all of that stuff is locked up because it, it's needed by people in this neighborhood. And, and poor we can't people live there. Exactly. It's because poor people live here and it's needed and it's expensive and a lot of poor people can't cannot afford it so what do they do they steal it so then they lock it up they criminalize the poor that's what they do and so not only that think about even as far as like transportation goes Mm -hmm. if i go over to gabby's neighborhood i I can't even take a bus to gabby's neighborhood Mm -mm. they have it completely closed off in these rich neighborhoods to the point where you are required to have a car in order to make it over there. So let let that just brings it not only to uh, like medical racism, like you were talking about, but environmental racism. If we're talking about black versus white and a hundred thousand dollars versus a hundred thousand dollars with black and white people, then there's also the fact, like you said, the food desert in my neighborhood. There's literally three. There's three grocery stores within a 30-mile radius. We go over to Gabby's neighborhood, and Gabby's neighborhood literally has, what, like five in, in literally your proximity, like five miles away from each other. Um, like, the, the actually, like, the difference in quality of life is insane between someone who makes or who has no power in comparison to someone who does have power and makes more. It's insane. Yeah. Um and they forget that. People forget that for some reason. Yeah. And but let's let's not even go to cuz now we're going to uh people with money, but we can go back to people who don't have money and talk about how even that working class is not the same. Yes. Uh, you told me a story about how you were working at a call center and you had pretty much just got there and got a promotion and a black lady that had been there for years wasn't even considered. Tell us about that. Yeah, so I used to work at a call center and uh, at one point they had promotions coming along, okay? We had the chance to do something within the, the, uh, the job role and go up. In the role, essentially. So, um, I had a friend, uh, or I'm just going to call her Sam. And me and Sam went for that promotion so that we could do it. Sam had been there for literally 
probably like three years before I even got there, right? So I get there, I've been there a year, and then I try for that promotion, and so does Sam. Long story short, Sam doesn't get the promotion, even though she had been there, a black woman, had been there for literally three years longer than I had. Instead, I got the promotion. So what happened, like, what what essentially... Are we, are we saying in this? What we're saying is that while me and Sam initially had made the same amount of money, it didn't really matter because I was still white. Mm-hmm. I'm still white, and I still have the privileges that come with being white. Yeah. So whether or not I was making the same amount of money as her or whether or not we both got that promotion, it didn't matter. I was still white. And that's the thing about it, like, even with black working class, white working class, that's why we talking about, now we talking about dollar amounts. Right. Dollar amount, because the thing about it is, if you are white and you are poor, all you need to do is get in the dough. Yep. Once you get in the dough, do what you need to do, you more than likely going to get a promotion. If not, you're going to be considered to at least, when it's time for a promotion, you're going to be considered. With uh, rather than a black person, first of all, they got it first to get in the dough, even get considered to get in the dough. And the odds of them getting the promotion over a white man is slim, or a white woman, or a white woman, very slim. And that's the way that white people, even in a working class environment, poor, can still have some sort of upward mobility. And black people now, they say we finna have less money than our mama them did, even though they barely even did anything. Like, our wealth finna be zero because of these systems. And that's the stuff that these folks don't want to talk about because it doesn't fit so nicely into this little proletariat, petty bourgeoisie, bourgeoisie (laughs) box because America and life is way more complicated than that there are systems and structures that's why they don't like talking about uh identity politics the true of it the trueness of identity politics is why they don't like talking about intersectionality because all this stuff just complicates their little easily thing of we just need to get rid of the the bourgeoisie we just need to get rid of jeff bezos if i get rid of jeff bezos today like we talk about every time I get rid of Jeff Bezos today. We still have systems and structures of oppression yep. and discrimination that will still cause economic classes regardless. They'll just be even more so racist than they already are. It's still going to be the black folks at the bottom. And then it's going to be everybody else uh, above them. And I think that kind of brings us to the point where we were talking about earlier, Gabby, whenever we said... What, where, okay, so yes, so like if you want to use those terms, you have the proletariat, okay? But you have the petty bourgeoisie. How do you, how do you literally think the bourgeoisie get to be the bourgeoisie? Right. Where did they start? Like you can't just erase a whole group of people just because it doesn't fit your narrative. Or right. just because it doesn't, uh, or just because you're, you belong in it for, for that. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, so it's you're, crazy. you're pretty much it's saying crazy. how the petty bourgeoisie is not some little uh, harmless class. No, it's not. Um, that's the thing about it. Um, nobody wants to talk about that. Nobody wants to talk about um, how the petty bourgeoisie can exploit. Nobody wants to talk about um, how even the working class people that's making six figures aren't doing enough. I think that's really what this whole thing is about. 
Like, okay, if we want to play your little, little silly game on Twitter and say that people making six figures are a part of the working class, awesome. Great. So how come they're not giving to That's what the I poor? You, still, you know, you, like you right. still make a hundred dollars. They're, they're just saying that so they ain't got to give no money up. Yeah, and here's the thing that, an argument that I hated seeing. Someone on Twitter was like, well, yeah, I'm making a hundred thousand, but I'm still living paycheck to paycheck. Literally, you're not. There's there's no possible way you're not. If there I, is a possible if, way you live yes, above your means. Exactly. There you go. That's really what it's about. Because those people, I want them to literally live. I want you to live at 20... I don't even want them to redistribute, redistribute their wealth at this point. What I want to see is I want to see these people who say $100,000 isn't a lot to be living at $20,000 like, like the rest of us poor folks for five years. Just do it for five years. That's it. And then see how much $100,000 is. Right. But that's the thing about, here's the tea about that. Here's the tea about that before we get to this redistribution. These people that are working, living paycheck to paycheck with $100K, you know how they could have more money? If they live in the hood with the poor people that they claim they're a part of. They don't want to do. If they lived in the hood with the poor people, they could save all the money in the world. No, but then they'll gentrify the area and make the income come up anyway. That's no, the no, crazy no, part of no. It. You don't have to gentrify in the area to come up in there. No, but that's what they will do is no, what, I'm what I'm saying. No, what I'm saying is, no, don't do that. Just get you a house that's already there. No. And live in that neighborhood with that 100K. And, and, but you don't want to do that because you don't want to live that quality of life. But apparently we all the same. We all the same. Another thing that was really annoying too is seeing the whole debate about, well, y'all don't really know what the 1% is. We're poor. We know who the 1% is, but we also know who our bosses are. We also know who our landlords are. We also know who is literally forcing us to work these jobs for these huge capitalists. And we hate you too. We hate you both. Right. There's and no we can do that at the same time. Like, what's the distinction? Like, to you us see, they see brain, your. It doesn't matter. It's no, not, not even in your brain. In reality, you see your boss. Right. You see the HR person. You see your supervisor. You see these people every single day. You see the cars they drive. Yes. You, you know the neighborhoods they live in. Yes. Uh, yeah, they don't own the factories, but golly, they show the ones trying to make you work on Christmas <laughs> and, and everything else. own the factory. But that's what I'm saying. Like, don't, y'all, it's like talking, uh-uh. Read something else. Read a black person. Literally. Read an indigenous person. Read a book that's not by a white crunchy ass man. That's eighteen hundred. That's my my um little challenge to y'all. Um, so we're gonna end this with this thing. We're gonna talk about uh what needs to be done, in my opinion, to help with the divide. We want to bring folks together, right? Because apparently we're the ones doing the dividing of the working class. So if y'all want to do something that is going to help unite us, the number one thing y'all should be doing is giving money away. The number one thing y'all should be doing with y'all money is helping spearhead these mutual aid projects, which are going really going paycheck to paycheck by the week because folks barely got enough to contribute. Use that excess money you was going to use for that trip to Cancun and use that to help create a sustainable mutual aid system for your uh, local community of working class people. Let's
let's do that. And then I will say, you know what? Solidarity. They won't do that, though. That's what I'm saying. That's where we're That's, that's, that's what where I'm saying. saying. That's, that's what I'm saying. saying. Not do it. That one lady, that one lady said, uh, that one lady said, it's crazy that my people were slaves and I didn't get the, the reap the benefits of that be, uh, labor. So now I'm having to, and I don't have to redistribute that wealth now that I have money. But don't you know that majority of the black folks is still in the poverty? Like, uh, nobody, I'm, I would never be the one to tell a black person to give your money to somebody white. That goes Literally. against everything I believe. But the amount of, of poor black people and indigenous people in our communities, girl, if you don't go over there and give some money, that's just, give, you're giving me excuses at this point. So, yes, that's the thing about it, really. If these people were giving, if these people were giving money, we wouldn't have nothing to say about it. If Hassan was giving money, wouldn't nobody say nothing about it. If AOC was giving money, if Vashnin was giving money, I would commend them. But they're not. That's the whole thing. In order to be in this class, guys, you have to be stingy. And that's what these people are. Also, you, you mentioned Vosh and Hassan. Like, I know we're trying to wrap it up, but this is something else. You mentioned these people, but I feel like, honestly, they are literally exploiting people anyway. They are. They're exploiting, like, they're not exploiting their labor, maybe, but they are exploiting people because they're taking people's struggles and instead of them um, actually contributing to the struggle that's happening, instead they're making reaction videos about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're doing reactionary takes about why um, why this take is so dumb and blah, blah, blah. Marx would never. Like, it's just so... It's performative. It's performative. You're exploiting people's real need for... Uh, Revolutionary action. Yeah. And you're not you're, taking yourself. You're quelling it with some entertainment and some debates videos and, and, and making them think honestly that by doing this, they is they about to bring on the revolution. Uh, so, yeah, that, that's the thing. There's different forms of exploitation. Like, every form of exploitation ain't got to be me literally taking dollars out of your pocket. I mean, that's a big part of it, but, in, I mean, in capitalism, but still, you're, you're in life. correct. In life. Because this, be this, this is how this stuff can be recreated in other types of societies, yes. in socialism and communism, because there's more ways to exploit somebody than to take their money. Which is why we do not focus on Marx here. We focus on the people who took Marx's analysis and pushed it to its limits. That's what we want. We don't want someone who's going to keep repeating and keep repeating and keep repeating what Marx had to say. We don't care. We care about people. Who is it going to benefit? And how is it going to benefit those people? Are they going to be liberated? Yes or no? If not, if you're just quoting Marx like you quote the Bible, I don't care. I literally don't care. Literally don't care. But yeah, so uh, long story short, um, redistribute that money. Give to your mutual aid. Give to, not if you ain't got no type of mutual aid system at this moment in your community, you can't find one. Give to a, a poor person. Just give some money to them. Just get, go roll down your window. You see somebody walking down the street, give them $20, 40 $50. That, that's the least you can do. Godly, because I swear to God, 
I'm over it. Um, so uh, I think we're going to wrap up this episode unless you had uh, something else to say. Okay, yeah, please. so uh, with the redistribution of wealth, just so you guys know, uh, we are actually poor working class, like 17000 less than $20,000 a year working class. So it would be really, really helpful if you guys would donate to our PayPal or purchase one of our uh, shirts or our merch. Um, that way we can help our community um, with the wealth that you may have that you want to give to us. So, yes. Uh, and 100%, just so you know, like, we take 0% of that money anyway. We literally redistribute that money 100% to our community fridge. So, um, yeah, all that money goes to someone completely else. We just buy the groceries. That's it. Uh, so, yeah, thank you guys for checking out this episode. Uh, let us know what you think. Share it with a friend. Uh, let's keep the conversation going. You can hit us up on all our social media accounts at Building Our PWR. Hit KT up at KT Does Art. Hit me up at Gabby's Music. And uh, we out.